Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 1092 of the Juice Box Podcast. Dave is an adult who was recently diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, he believes, after having Coxsackie virus. The way he was diagnosed is incredibly interesting. Of course, he was then misdiagnosed as a type 2, and the story unfolds. Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your health care plan. Don't forget to save 40% off of your entire order at CozyEarth.com. All you have to do is use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. That's JUICEBOX at checkout to save 40% at CozyEarth.com. When you place your first order for AG1 with my link, you'll get five free travel packs and a free year supply of vitamin D. Drink AG1.com slash JUICEBOX. If you're not already subscribed or following in your favorite audio app, please take the time now to do that. It really helps the show. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. Learn more and get started today at contournext.com slash juicebox. My name is Dave. I'm 34 years old, and um, I was diagnosed type 1 diabetic last April, so it's been a little bit over a year now. Oh, wow. Was that unexpected? Completely and totally unexpected. <laughs> Fun. Nobody else in your family? Nope, no family history. And uh, the way I found out was pretty interesting. I was definitely, it was definitely unexpected. All right, I'm going to ask one more question, then I want to know how you found out. Yeah. In hindsight now, are there autoimmune issues in your family? People with celiac, thyroid, stuff like that? No, nothing. Nothing at all. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Dave. How did this happen? Yeah. So um, it had been a while since I had been to the doctor. And um, I just went into established care and had some routine blood work done by my primary care office and uh, went home that day. And then my lab work started coming back on my, my chart and, uh, I got a call from my wife who's in, uh, healthcare and she had asked if I had seen any of my results coming in. And I was like, no, why do you ask? And she's like, well, your blood sugar is 471. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's pretty interesting because I feel totally fine. In fact, the day before I had went in, I was skiing for probably five or six hours the night before. And I was actually headed back to the mountain after my appointment. And um, I thought that the doctor must have mixed up my lab work. And I went to the store and I bought a glucometer and I checked my glucose at home and it was like 480. Wow. Uh, my UA came back. I was spilling ketones and protein in my urine. And again, I felt totally fine. So I tried to call my primary care office. Couldn't get a hold of anyone. And uh, my wife was like, you need to go to the emergency room. Like you're going to be, you're in DKA <laughs> or you're not far. Mm. <laughs> what does your wife like vaguely do? I'm not trying to. She's a nurse practitioner. Oh, okay. So she, she really knew what was happening. And you know, she loves you, Dave, because instead of the phone call of like, Hey, we're breaking up. 
um, she's like, there's something wrong with your health. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was like, How, do you feel okay? And I was like, I feel, yeah, I feel great. Like, I'm going to go skiing after work. Like, what's up? <laughs> Jeez. Where do you, by the way, where do you live where you can ski after work? I can barely get my mail after work. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, I live in Salt Lake City, so. Ah. We're about a half hour from the mountains, so gotcha. it's a quick jaunt after work. Do you think, again, looking backwards, did you feel fine, or were you trying to talk yourself out of being sick? Yeah, so I, I think about that often. I mean, I think, like, really, there were I didn't have any like anything going on. I wasn't, you know, peeing a lot or drinking a ton of water, like. I think the only really indication that I could have, you know, like I was 144 pounds prior to going in, you know, I was usually hovering around 155, 160. So, I mean, you lost 15 pounds. You just didn't know it. Did you not know yeah. it? Or were you like, look at me thin as a pin? Like, yeah. Well, that's the thing we, so we've lived in Utah for about two years now. So, you know, we ski probably four or five days a week and, you know, the mountains are right there. So we're hiking and biking. So I just kind of attributed it to being more active. Okay. Interesting. Do you remember what your A1C was? Yeah, it was 13.8. I was, see, Dave, like I almost was going to, I was almost positive. Like you'd say that it wasn't very high. And I thought maybe the onset just happened really quickly, but that doesn't seem right either. I mean, with the 13.8A1C, it seems like you might have been going through this for a bit. Yeah. So I so I tried to get a hold of my primary care office. And it was actually funny. The person that answered the phone was like, Well, what's, you know, why are you so concerned? And I was like, I mean, my A1C is 13.8. And they were like, Well, you weren't fasted before your blood work. I'm like, that doesn't that has no effect <laughs> on my A1C. Like, that does not matter. Are you sure you didn't have a ring ding before the blood work? <laughs> Maybe that made your yeah. A1C 14. And I'm here to out myself as not knowing what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. So, you know, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to scrap this and just go to urgent care, you know, at the main hospital. So I went up there and they were like, holy crap, you know, we don't even have a lab up here. It's like you need to just go to the emergency department. So I went down there and I, you know, I sat in the waiting room for like five hours. I'm like, does no one care that I'm in DKA right now? Mm. <laughs> and uh, I get back there and the, I saw a DO initially, I think she was a resident, but you know, her attending physician came in with her as well. And they were like, you know, like you're just a type two diabetic. And I was like, how in the world can I be a type two diabetic? <laughs> like, they were like, yeah, um, you know, you just need to exercise more and some diet changes and, you know, you can get a hold of this thing. And I'm like, I literally cannot exercise any more than I already do. Yeah. And I already eat pretty healthy. So like my, I, it was just like baffling. That's fascinating because are they aware in that moment that you've recently lost 15 pounds and you ski almost like it sounds like every other day? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I told them, I was like, I mean, from an activity standpoint, like, there's really not much more I can do. See, Dave, you grew up well, it sounds like. You're a polite person. If you were me and you had all <laughs> this sarcasm built up inside of you from years of torture of living in the Northeast, you would have said, uh, how much more do you want me to exercise exactly? I go up to the top of a mountain and run down it on some sticks. Is that, like, not <laughs> enough? What, 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 what should, I, should I do it without the skis? Do you think that would – I would have been, like, such an asshole, just so you know. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> But instead, not you. You're – do you fight back, like push back on them? 
Yeah. So my wife, I mean, they left the room and I'm like, you know, what the hell is that? It's funny you say that. I'm actually from Boston originally, oh. but I've learned to tone it down. You let us down, Dave. Come on. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> my wife is like, you know, what the hell? This is, you know, I've learned about all this in school. Like, none of this makes any sense to what I've learned. Like, was my whole education just wrong? So, you know, she uh, brought up questions again. And the physician was just like, yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Just diet and exercise. I think at this point, they give me some fluids. My sugar was down to like, it's like 220 something. Mm. And I was like, so am I going to go home on insulin? You know, she's like, well, you're insulin naive and I'm not really comfortable introducing insulin to a naive person. So, oh, Dave, tell me you got to go back one day and tell her she was medicine naive. (laughs) My wife sent her a really nice email. I imagine. Also, (laughs) I love love like in the worst way that your wife is now sitting in the room getting such bad information from a physician that she's questioning her education. Yeah, I mean, she was like, granted, you know, they didn't dive full on into it in school, but they obviously learned about it. Yeah, but right on. Like, my my point is, is that the doctor was saying something so opposite of what your wife read in a book that your wife's like, am I wrong? Like, did I misunderstand all of that? Like, wow, 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 wow. Hey, this is good. Yeah. Oh, Dave, I like this story so far. Okay, when do you firebomb the clinic or do something? It's just a set a letter. That's all you did? So we waited like, you know, I, you know, I got hair established and got my sugar in order and kind of, you know, got a grasp on things and, uh, or as much as you can. <laughs> and yeah. my wife was like, you know what, it's time to, I'm going to reach out to that physician. Cause she had been going back and forth about it. Cause she actually works at the same hospital. Mm. And then it just clicked when she's like, you know what, I'm sending that email. And I was like, I mean, it's a good email. <laughs> like <Yeah>. you should. <laughs> Your wife and my wife have a lot in common. She thought about <laughs> it every day, did she, for hours at a time and plotted yeah, and planned. The, <laughs> the night that we came home, I, you know, I just went to bed. I was like, this is crazy. And she was up all night on her phone. Like I woke up for work in the morning and she's still on her phone. She's like, I haven't found any studies. Like I can't find anything. This doesn't mm. make any sense. It wouldn't surprise me that if if asked if my wife couldn't produce a list of everything I've ever done that was incorrect, wrong, or questionable since the day she met me, <laughs> like an actual, <laughs> like an actual paper list or in a book or something like that. Like if she like would throw a big tome up on the table and like flip it open and go, let me just flip back here to 1995. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. You ladies are uh, like a dog with a bone sometimes. That's good. Good for your wife. That's excellent. Um, guys just are like, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, like I guess we'll just figure it out. Uh, what I, I don't care. That's yeah, fascinating. It's really amazing. So did the I have to know, did the doctor respond? Yeah, it was actually, you know, because it was kind of okay, I understand sort of the not wanting to introduce insulin thing, right? Yeah. But at least give me like a referral to an endo or something. Right. So you know, I think she in the email stated like, you know, I'm only bringing this up to you so that you're aware for like future patients and future people you might see that come through the door, like at the very least, boot them out with a referral. <laughs> I, I just see the part I love is like you, you, the two of you are standing in front of a, I don't know, a house or a car. We're talking about how it was built or, you know, uh, this house was built in 19 and she's saying everything just not right. And then you say, hey, I'd like to learn more about this. Uh, and she goes, mm, you're naive. You can't be involved yet. I love that using the word naive in a scenario where she's so woefully, like, misdirected. <laughs> I just, I don't know, it 
tickles me for some reason. I love that. Yeah, I think yeah. I think the response that we got was like, you know, thank you for the information. I'll definitely keep this in consideration for the future. Oh like, yeah, because she couldn't respond. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, oh, I'm an asshole. <laughs> yeah, because that's what she was thinking. She's like, oh, I really screwed this up. But go fuck yourself. <laughs> and like, <laughs> well, anyway, it's really fantastic that you've reached out and you know gave her that information i think it's wonderful all right so now but at this point do you feel like you have type 2 diabetes no no you're okay you you get past that you're not like didn't get hooked up in that but you could have if you would have listened to her if it wasn't for your wife's education you'd have gone home and started dieting and exercising your 144 pound frame like that's skiing all the time boy um you would have been managing type one diabetes like it was before insulin. Yeah. I mean, they gave me, you know, I had the metformin and I was like, you know, do I want to take this? (laughs) And I was like, you know, like maybe I'll just take it before I go to the, you know, my primary care, my endo referral, whatever. Hmm. And, uh, I just, you know, it's still sitting in my cabinet full. (laughs) Yeah. I imagine. Okay. So you go to an endo, you get a good diagnosis. What kind of, uh, tech did they give you? Uh, it's funny. Yeah. So I got my C peptide was like 0.6. I actually went to primary care because I had a little bit of a weight for my endo. Uh-huh. And, you know, I go in the room and he's like, oh, yeah, you're deaf. You are for sure type one diabetic. You know, and he's baffled. He's like, I don't understand. Like, you don't feel anything. And I'm like, no, like, I'm not making this up. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, well, we're going to get you on a, you know, what did he say? He's like, we're going to get you on a Libre, blah, blah, blah. And he's talking to me like, I know what this is. I'm like, what the hell is a Libre? Yeah. You know, so we fill the prescription and stick it in my arm. And then, you know, I had it for about three weeks. And then I finally got in with my endo. And um, she put me on a Dexcom. And the rest has kind of been history since then. You know, (laughs) if I didn't know anything about diabetes and you told me you were going to give me, put me on a Libre, my closest connection would be like from like watching girls, little girls, like as my daughter grew up, like getting haircuts, I'd be like, ombre, are you going to color my hair differently? Like, I, I don't, I like, I don't you love it when they, um, that's why, by the way, we made the diabetes, the defining diabetes series, because people just use jargon and they think, well, I know what this means. So you know what it means. And it's just, you know, don't you, I love it when they're like, you know, first you're going to bolus. A person's never heard the word bolus before in their life. Right. Yeah, you know, and you're like bolus, libre, standard deviation. Uh what? <laughs> and, and, yeah, they, I thought it was I thought I was picking up a snack at the pharmacy. I'm like, is this kind of some kind of food? What is a libre? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. This must be for when my blood sugar gets something. I don't know yet. All right. So so anyway, they put you on a Dexcom. Uh what a man of conviction. He's like, I'm gonna get you on a Libre. Here's a Dexcom. Uh so isn't that funny? I wonder if um I wonder if in a doctor's mind like are CGMs becoming like, like, you know, the whole Kleenex thing. Like if you ask a person, most people, I mean, if you, if you're being clear, you want a tissue, right? But some people will use the brand name to describe something. I wonder if he used the word Libre to say CGM. It's interesting. Uh, but anyway. yeah, I, I mean, it's funny. Cause even now people like in my friend circle, like what's, you know, like what's the thing in your arm? I'm like, Oh, it's a CGM. And I look at like, they're like, what's a CGM? I'm like, what do you mean? You don't know what a CGM is. Mm. <laughs> Are you not on TikTok watching everybody argue about them? Come on. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, at this point, I believe everyone knows what a GLP-1 is. <laughs> Most people have no idea what you're talking about. I was somewhere the other day. I don't know how much you listen to the show, Dave. I am uh, down 20 pounds on WeGovi. And um, 
it's a GLP one. So anyway, it, uh, somebody says to me like, Hey, you look different. First, they asked me if I got my hair cut. I was like, this is it. I've never had this moment in my whole life. They're like, did you get your hair cut? And I was like, mm, this is it. It's going to come up. I've lost weight. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, um, I was like, no, I've, I've lost weight. I might look different to you. Oh my gosh, you do. I can see it. Blah, blah. I was so excited because so many people have passed me by and not said anything. So I'm like <laughs> hugging this person. I'm like, this means a lot to me that you noticed. And meanwhile, <laughs> she didn't notice. She thought I got my haircut, but, um, how did you do it? And I said, well, in all honesty, I'm using WeGovi. And they go, WeGovi? And I'm like, yeah, it's a GLP-1. And then they're still <laughs> staring at me. And I'm like, I guess everyone's not online the way I am. I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I'm explaining it to her and everything. She's like, that's fascinating. And you can see people off to the sides, like, listening with, like, half an ear. Like, what did you do? You, you know, <laughs> Jotting it down. <laughs> GLP-1, we spell that, please. <laughs> we want. And, um, and it was just really like, again, like I just thought, oh, why well, this is a thing I use. I've seen it in, I mean, I've seen people talking about it on social media a lot. And I just jumped to the conclusion that everybody knows what it is. Meanwhile, I, I, I would bet you nine out of 10 people have no idea what I'm talking about. But oh, for sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so Dave, a big shift at your age. And also, I'm sorry, you're, you told me before we started recording, and I need this information so I can tie some things together. You are about to have your first child. Yeah, October. October. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. So you're very welcome. So this is, my point is, is that you made a baby not long after you were diagnosed. So your life seemed, you don't seem like a guy who made a baby by mistake. Am I right about that? Correct. Yeah. Okay. This was planned. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I, in my mind, Dave, you've been planning this for like three and a half years. So um, <laughs> how close am I to being right? Pretty close. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, uh, you're, so you, you've got a life. It's settled. It's planned out. There's none of this in your family. Um, you know, you're as active as could be. You know, people who don't understand diabetes would never would never think of an active 160 pound person as having any kind of diabetes whatsoever. So I'm assuming it's a big shock. But how do you manage that shock? The Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter is sponsoring this episode of the Juice Box Podcast, and it's entirely possible that it is less expensive in cash than you're paying right now for your meter through your insurance company. That's right. If you go to my link, contournext.com slash juicebox, you're going to find links to Walmart, Amazon, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Kroger, and Meyer. You could be paying more right now through your insurance for your test strips and meter than you would pay through my link for the Contour Next Gen and Contour Next test strips in cash. What am I saying? My link may be cheaper out of your pocket than you're paying right now, even with your insurance. And I don't know what meter you have right now. I can't say that. But what I can say for sure is that the Contour Next Gen meter is accurate. It is reliable, and it is the meter that we've been using for years. Contournext.com slash juicebox. And if you already have a contour meter and you're buying test strips, doing so through the juice box podcast link will help to support the show. Yeah. So it's funny. My in-laws are like, you know, if anyone was going to have type one diabetes, it's a good thing that it was you like you're so type a, you know, you're just going to get a handle on this thing right away. But I mean, I was very 
confused, you know, like, especially like, I'm like, well, I don't know anything about this. And then it's just like a huge change. And for a while, you know, we're going back and forth between like, do you have type two diabetes? Do you have type one diabetes? Like what's going on? What do we do? I always say that I'm fortunate enough, I guess, if I was going to get it to have it at this point in my life, as opposed to having to grow up with it, because I just can't even imagine it would be so difficult. But, you know, the change was a lot, but at the same time, you know, it wasn't terrible in terms of, you know, like my diet didn't change that much. Like, you know, now I'm just counting carbs and figuring this thing out slowly. My endo actually is the one that put me onto the podcast. And she was like, you need to listen to this, 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 and this. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like more information than actually going to the appointment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, whoever your endo is. Um, Yeah, no, she's great. (laughs) Yeah, that's wonderful. I'm huge in Utah. I don't know if you realize that or not. (laughs) Yeah, I just found out about a year ago. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's hilarious. Uh, what a great answer. Dave, you're now my favorite guest this week. <laughs> I just found out about a year ago when I was in a doctor's office and the doctor's going, I need you to listen to a podcast. That must have flipped you out for a half a second. You were like, wait, don't you tell me the stuff? Yeah, it's funny, too, because I don't even listen to what prior to this. You know, I didn't even really listen to podcasts. Well, welcome and thank you. And thank you to her. I it's sincerely. Uh, it feels nice to know that that you put something together that made it into the hands of a physician who was comfortable enough to say, you should go listen to a podcast. Like that really is uh, a great feeling for me. So thank you. Yeah. Okay. So you, you leave the doctor's office and you go listen to a podcast. You're wearing a Dexcom. Are you injecting or do you have a pump? Yeah, I'm MDI. So they were like, you know, you can go on a pump after X amount of time. And, um, I just haven't gone to it yet. You know, my A1C now is 4.9. And I guess I've just been like, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, no reason. I mean, if you're doing well, you're doing well. You know what I mean? I think that's fantastic. Do you feel like you're honeymooning at all? Oh, 100% for okay. sure. I'm just waiting for the day, you know, where I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you come <laughs> home from work. You're like, someone get me a pump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure it's in the future. But no, for, my insulin needs aren't really too crazy right now. So Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I say do what you do, you know, and uh, especially it sounds like you're being uh, successful with it. At the And I'm not speaking for you, right? Where's your A1C at? Yeah, 4.9. Yeah. Are you a low carb person or are you just keeping really active still? I'm definitely really active still. I've been in initially I was admittedly afraid of carbs. Um, I've gotten a lot braver with stuff now, but I would say I'm you know, I'm not going to Wendy's three times a week, but mm-hmm. I have some carbs, but nothing. I would say probably low carb. <laughs> I love that you picked Wendy's. Do you go to Wendy's once a week? I haven't been to Wendy's in a very long time. <laughs> I, I haven't either. Can I tell you, I, I didn't like their nuggets when I was younger. and It turned me off to the whole place. I think that's fair. <laughs> Thank you. Let's say I was traveling recently and I was in the airport and it was pretty limited food selection. And I was like, well, I guess I can try this croissant. And uh, that was a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest bolus you've ever given yourself. Well, I'm six units. Okay. That's a band. That was a large one. Yeah. Well, I, I, did you get your weight back? Where Where's your weight sitting? I'm at uh, 155. Like I hover between 55, 155 and 160. Okay. So, yeah. So what's your, 
this is off the top of my head. I'm not doing any math. Is your basal like uh, 0.6 times? Are you like 12, 13 units a day? Yeah, it's actually interesting. I was at, so I've been doing like 12. And then probably two weeks ago, I've been waking up in like the 60s and the high 50s. So I dropped it down to 10. Okay. So Yeah, you really are honeymooning. That's good. I mean, good. Like, ride it as long as you can. Also, let's pause here for a second, Dave, so the people listening can absorb that I just guessed your basal insulin. Yeah, right. Okay, let it happen. Just let everybody go. Okay, I am listening to the right podcast. <laughs> I'm not telling you how I did that. <laughs> you know, at this point, honestly, I feel like it's... um. You ever drive home and realize when you get home, you don't know how you got there? Like, you, oh, yeah. you weren't really paying attention. I might be at that point with diabetes at this point. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's like 155, 160. He's active. His biggest bolus is six. Yeah, points. He's probably like 12 <laughs> units. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even, I must have looked like Rain Man figuring that out just now. <laughs> Has anyone seen Rain Man at this point? I got to get better. I know you're going to have job offers coming in pretty soon from a bunch of endos all over the country. Uh, I can't afford to take the job. I'm, I'm making a podcast. It's, uh, <laughs> it's very successful. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So your life is, let me ask you, how has it changed? Like, because you've laid out how your management is. And so how's your day-to-day changed? I think that it's just become a little bit more inconvenient. You know, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of timers set, you know, I pre-bolus pretty much every meal. It's funny, actually, my wife refuses to eat dinner until my 15 minute alarm dings, oh. regardless of what I tell her to do. I'm like, you can just eat the food. You don't have to wait 15 minutes. It's really okay. Can, but, I, can I tell you, Dave, uh, I don't want to cut you off. I find that so lovely. It almost brought a tear to my eye. I'm being <laughs> I'm like, s- you don't have diabetes. No, <laughs> I'm being serious. That's really wonderful. Good for her. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. So uh, a little more inconvenient. Got a lot of timers set, but you're handling yeah. you're handling it like an adult that was met with a problem. For sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's the repercussions of not getting a handle on it. You know, mm-hmm. are terrible. So have you? I ha- don't think I live with like this giant fear because I have such good control of it. But you know, it's always in the back of your mind. Yeah, but you don't sound like you have any psychological impact either, though. Like, you're not bugging out or depressed or anything, right? No, definitely not. I mean, maybe in the beginning, I was kind of like, what did, like, how did this happen to me? You know, like, what did I do? And I'm like, I didn't really do anything. <laughs> like, yeah. this just happened. Yeah, right. No, it's it's such a healthy uh, decision to make. I mean, it really is. I mean, I feel like you're showing that, you know, if you're healthy, if you're, if you're mentally healthy to begin with, because there are some people who would be depressed already and like not, you know, not really be in control of those reactions. But if you're healthy to begin with, it is a decision. Like, do I go why me and fall down a rabbit hole of despair? Or do I just say, okay, next thing to conquer. And, uh, you know, let's, let's get to it. That's really, really terrific. And I guess my next question is, is you were already on a path to making a baby. Was there any second thoughts like, did you go like, today's the day we're going to try and your wife like got cold feet or anything like that? Or you? No, no, no. But I mean, I, it's funny. And we're like, we talk and we're like, well, what if he's a type one diabetic? Mm. <laughs> like, Well, at least we have plenty of practice, but hopefully not. That's, that's it. That's the extent of it. Like if it happens, it happens. No, like, was it a very, I don't know how to ask this. 
Are you a very religious person? Were you like, it's up to God? Like anything like uh, that? No. 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 Okay. Well, all right. Cool. Do you think you'll have the baby tested when he or she is old enough to see if they have markers for type one? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. I, you know, in discussing this with my doctors, you know, we're like, how do we get here? And they're like, you know, well, have you had like COVID or like any other viruses? I'm like, well, weirdly enough, like at I think I was 31. I got hand, foot, and mouth from a doctor I work with. Dave. Dave, that's what Arden had before she was diagnosed. That's crazy. It, yeah. No, it, it's actually not. It's an, an incredibly common virus that leads to a type 1 diagnosis. Well, there, yeah. I mean, we were like, it's either that or I've had COVID, I think, three times. So we were like, it's either that or COVID. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've also been eating COVID on my cereal. Um <laughs> Hey, uh, I think legally you're allowed to at least with a white glove slap that doctor across the face when you see them. The <laughs> yeah, I've been looking for. <laughs> <laughs> sir, you, sir, <laughs> have given me type one diet. But you had, you obviously, you had the markers already, but hand, foot, and mouth. And I don't understand the, the mechanics behind it. But mm -hmm. if you. If you go back in the podcast, there's an episode. I hate Googling myself, but hold on a second, <laughs> just because it feels a little douchey. I don't know if you realize that or not. Uh, <laughs> to go to your own website and go, let me just find the information we need. Um, hold on. Yeah, 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 I'll just give me a second. Uh, so Prevention Bio comes on to talk about teplizumab uh, mm -hmm. back on episode 452. Really lovely episode. The gentleman that came on, uh, fantastic. They have actually recently sold temizoplob, teplizumab, excuse me, I put the M before the P. By the way, there shouldn't be M's and P's and Z's that close to each other in words. But um, they, the, uh, the drug made it through uh, FDA approval, and it was sold to uh, Sanofi, Sanofi. Sorry, it's a French company. I know people that work there. Some people say Sanofi. Some people say Sanofi. Um, anyway, this drug is to slow down the onset of your diabetes of type one. But in that conversation in 452, he spent a fair amount of time talking about how he'd like to work on a vaccine for hand, foot, mouth. Because, because he said, I think if we can stop hand, foot, and mouth, which is called Coxsackie virus, uh, that we would slow down the onsets of type one diabetes. Anyway, wow. it's a very emotional, like I, it's another episode where I was, weepy listening to it um uh, somebody from the company uh lenny ramos she came back on in 842 to talk about t-zealed when this is so ridiculous but teplizumab was fda approved they changed the name to sell it as t-zealed um but they're two great episodes if you want to hear more about it but anyway yeah, my, my, my point is is that um uh francisco leone he's a physician i think he was the, the co-founder of prevention bio and the way he talked about it uh, was uplifting. He's like, you know, maybe we can't just cure type one, but maybe we could stop things that send people into a diagnosis. And I was like, oh, it's really a, like a cool way of thinking about it. Anyway, you made me think that, and you and my daughter had the same virus before you were diagnosed. So yeah. Yeah. Now you're, like, you're double in the club I, now, Dave. <laughs> like who gets hand, foot and mouth in their thirties? Yeah. I was going to say, man, that's a kid's thing. <laughs> Yeah, like my fingernails and toenails are popping off. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> You're a lightweight, Dave. Can't handle a little cocksacky virus. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, my daughter was, uh, uh, she wasn't even two when she got it. And the reason that we, the first way we kind of started sniffing out that something was odd well before we understood diabetes and or, or that she even was exhibiting signs of type one is that the hand, foot, and mouth felt like it returned. Mm -hmm. And at the time, the best that, like, the, the uh, my God, my kids are so old now, I don't know the word. Doctors for children. Pediatrician. Thank you. Jesus. <laughs> you guys are listening to me, and I can't think of the word pediatrician. You might want to, I don't know, go find out if there's another podcast you can find. <laughs> try, <laughs> try two bears, one cave or something. But anyway, uh, you know, he found it so strange. Like I remember him kind of like looking up into his head going, this doesn't make sense. Like this isn't a thing you get twice. And now, yeah. now you wonder like when she got it the first time, did her immune system go after the Coxsackie or did it go like right for her pancreas? Like, right. like, you know, and, and did the Coxsackie not get dealt with and then maybe it was quelled and brought back or did she really get it again? Or we have no idea, obviously. Um, but you know, that's how that happened. And then just right after her second birthday, she started like wasting away and it, it, it really did take us a long time to figure it out. The doctors at the time, I don't think I talk about this too much on the podcast, but they think we got her to the hospital, like maybe 24 hours before she was going to go into a coma. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, anyway, nobody tells you about that when you're having sex, trying to make a baby. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like this is fun and we're going to buy a crib and a stroller. <laughs> Yeah, and it's CGM. Yeah. They also don't tell you you're probably not going to have sex much after you have a baby, but they really should tell you that because then you wouldn't do it. <laughs> but anyway, Dave, I don't want to ruin the surprise that's coming. <laughs> oh, one day you're going to be like, I like the wall. This Chris Hardwick, he's fun. Is this the time we would have usually been having sex? <laughs> I think I'm going to go to bed. Yeah, I'll see you in 20 years. We'll split up the money at the end, you know. <laughs> My goodness. Anyway, don't let me paint a picture of marriage and uh, being a parent as terrible. It's best experience of my life. Uh, how involved is your wife with your diabetes? A little, none? She just supportive? Oh, she, so <laughs> I have this really great habit of giving myself compression lows in the night and uh, sleeping through all of the alarms in the world. So, you know, actually, you know, she's got the, she follows me on her cell phone. Anytime I'm out of range, I get a text like, Hey, like, are you okay? Or, hey, like what's going on? Like we missed, we missed with that pre bullet. <laughs> I think I was feeling brave a few weeks ago and decided to go for some pizza, which didn't end well for me. And I woke up at three o'clock in the morning to an injection in my butt cheek. So she's very involved in the diabetes management. Was she giving you insulin or glucagon? Yeah, she was giving me insulin. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess I should have clarified. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Like, were you having a seizure or were you like? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just 400. Uh, so she, so a couple things. So she's now kicking you going roll over. You, by the way, Dave, I could be your father uh, because I'm very practiced at this. Um, and you're using the G6, it sounds like. I uh, actually, now I'm using a Libre 3. Libre 3. And you're getting compression lows with it? Sometimes, yeah. Okay. Um so she's kicking you to roll over off the sensor. Where are you wearing it? Uh, back of my arm. And you're getting a compression so, low? How do you sleep, Dave? I don't know. I guess I'm just all over the place. I was going to say. I, like, usually I'm asleep on my back and then I wake up on my side. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to keep track of what arm it's in. <laughs> roll over. Roll. Oh, Arden, roll over. Roll. <laughs> get off the sensor. Arden. 
<laughs> yeah, I woke up. I was like, what are you doing? She's like, your blood sugar is high. I'm like, did you think that your your love life was taking a weird turn at first? And I'm like, what is stinging in my ass? <laughs> <laughs> you have to ask my permission first. <laughs> She's like, I'm really sorry. I had to give you insulin last night. Like, trust me, I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm aware. You're not great at it. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost my touch. I don't think I'm good at giving injections anymore. I, I would probably be the last person you'd want to do it at this point. Um, I, I'm sure I could get back and practice pretty quickly, but... Yeah, I let one of my roommates from college do it, uh, my long acting, and it was like the scene from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> you were, um, honey, oh, you were, oh my God, uh, I'm having trouble with words today. All right, let's go over it. There's an actress. She's married to Ethan Hawke. Her name is Uma Thurman. She, yeah. Yes, she's in Pulp Fiction, laying on the ground. Do you think people haven't seen, by the way, Dave, I don't know where you stand Pulp Fiction is, it would be one of the five movies in the conversation for if I could only take one movie to a desert island with me. Oh, easily. It, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, Pulp Fiction's high up there in, in that uh, in that conversation. So she's OD'd, right? She thought she did coke, but she did heroin. She snorted heroin, I think. Yeah. Her heart stops. Uh, John Travolta, which I know you're like, John Travolta. Yes, John Travolta takes her to his drug dealer's house for some reason. If you haven't seen this, even just this scene, it's fantastic. And they have a, like an adrenaline needle and the guy's pulling it out and he's like, stick it in her heart. And Travolta's like standing over top of her. Like, mm. anyway, it's fantastic. You're saying, uh, this is what happened to you except in your ass. Yeah. as the side of my leg. <laughs> <laughs> Had she ever given you one before? Like it would have led me immediately to go, how often does this happen? <laughs> Not often. (laughs) Imagine she's mad. Like, you're like, I don't use much insulin at all, but it turns out you're using like 12 units more a day than you think because your wife's injecting (laughs) you while you're sleeping. Yeah. Why am I going through these pens so fast? (laughs) What happened here (laughs) last night? I don't remember any of this. This is needles everywhere. And she's July, August, September, October. She's five months pregnant, too. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. She must be thrilled with you when you're beeping. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, it's good practice for the future. Is that how you're selling it, Dave? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what, should we get like, you know, one of those diabetes alarms that goes on the side of the bed that awake me? She's like, no, we don't need things that are going to be louder in this house. May I make a suggestion? <laughs> yeah. Glucose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have one on my desk here. And I just looked over it now. It's green. It means Arden's blood sugars in a range that I find like, va- like acceptable and valuable. It's like, a, I don't know. It's like a hundred bucks. I think I have a. I think I have a link, like a, an affiliate link, but I don't really use it because. Yeah, because we actually have a, a hatch on the bedside table, and that light wakes me up without a problem mm. every day. <laughs> yeah, glowcoast.com. It's just this really cool thing. I think you have to have Dexcom. I don't know if it works with Libre or not, if I'm being honest. Uh, anyway, it's cool. It like uses your Dexcom data, and as you leave different ranges that you set up, it turns colors and oh, that's awesome. yeah 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 and um if you get low it's red and then if you get too low it flashes red and i obviously it's not going to wake you up it doesn't make any noise but i find it like i have one in my bedroom and i find it really valuable because if i open my eyes at night and i find myself wondering about arden's blood sugar 
I don't have to like wake myself up enough to open the phone and then find the app, et cetera, which I know sounds like such a first, right. a first world problem. I don't have to swipe up on my phone, <laughs> Dave, you know, because it's, it's a hassle. Obviously, that's not that much of a hassle, but you look over and you kind of just see the color glowing and it's green and you think green. Oh, I can go back to sleep. And it kind of doesn't break your sleep the same way. Um, yeah. And even in the house, like, you know how I was talking earlier about how you can like drive somewhere and not know, you know, that you not remember making any of the turns or anything. There's a couple of them in my house. And as I wander through, I think subconsciously I see them, but I don't focus on them. And right. then like they... Like, you'll just go, ooh, is that red? And then it makes me open my phone, like Arden's off at college, and I'll be like, hey, your blood sugar looks a little low. And she'll be like, oh, I just ate something. I'm like, okay, cool. And, th- and that's it. It's it's really, it's a it's a great little idea, that thing. Oh, anyway. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a tornado alarm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? If I think of it, I'll put a link in the show notes to it if you guys are interested in checking it out. I think I make like $3 every time you buy one or something like that. I don't honestly know. But um, anyway. Uh, okay. So your wife is helping like that. That's pretty cool. Was she right about the amount of insulin she drew up or was she like eyeballing it or. Yeah, no, she was right. Cause it's, you know, every time we pre bolus or like we're counting cards, it's a big discussion, right? You know, it's like, okay, we're going to have pasta. Pasta is one to 18. I'm going to do, you know, blah, blah, blah units, like four units, whatever. So she's very in tune to those conversations. So when I'm, you know, was a pizza hit me like four hours later yeah and she's like okay his correction should be this he's at this so like she's very she might as well have type 1 diabetes she really gets it yeah that's excellent i mean honestly this is the time where most people sleep a lot before they have a baby but okay um <laughs> yeah do you know have you listened to the episodes about like fat and protein rises yeah and uh you know i'm fortunate now like i said we talked about like i'm still honeymooning but you know, I'm just waiting for the day when I'm, you know, not having any free meals. I'm like, all right, steak. Like, gotta count this, count mm. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, or all of a sudden, six units is like not nearly the largest bolus you've used, and that yeah. kind of stuff. We went to the movies the other night. Arden was home for like two days, and I don't know how the rest of you live your lives, but that Spider Verse movie came out. We were like, we're going to the movies, and um, <laughs> she tried to stack going out to lunch with her friends. And then coming home and then going right to the movies with us. And like it, like she missed at the restaurant, like pretty, like massively. So we're like putting these big boluses on as we're approaching the, the, um, the theater trying to get ahead of it. And we just, we just didn't do well. Like we're just, we're kind of like, um, I, I don't know how to explain this. Like when she's here with us, there's a way we manage. Right. When she's away at school, there's a way we manage that we're not as involved in, obviously, almost not at all. And then she came home and there's like this little part of her who like jokingly like will sit down to eat and she'll like slide her phone across the table and be like, here you go, big guy. You must miss this. Right. And um, <laughs> why don't you bowl us for dinner? I really think she just honestly wants a break, you know? Yeah. For and, sure. um, and so we somehow in the middle, like <laughs> didn't give each other a break. And, uh, like, I don't know, like she was kind of involved. I think we both thought the other person was looking at it. Um, but anyway, <laughs> my point is, is that by the time she left that restaurant and went to a movie theater, she must have easily had 40 units of insulin, maybe over oh like, over like the last couple of hours, but she went to like some crappy restaurant and then she's like had a Slurpee. I don't know if that, you know, Oh, you're from Boston. You know what it is? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And in the, at the movies, so just sugar and water. 
and uh, cookie dough bites. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> anyway, here's the real moral of that story. That movie's terrific. <laughs> really, really good. If you uh, if you have not seen that Spider-Verse film, go see the first one, then go see the second one, because it's crazy that it's animated and it's that good. Anyway, uh, Dave, what do you want to talk about? Do you have uh, a thought? Like you wanted to talk about in your notes, you said uh, weird diagnosis. We talked about that. Sticking up for yourself, which you obviously did. But what else you got? Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing, right? Is that everyone has been, in terms of like my care team, has just been so confused and like this is so uncommon and like this is just crazy like you know i've been practicing medicine for x amount of years and i've never seen anything like this so i think just kind of getting it out there and like sharing the story with people i mean who knows maybe it could do some good yeah we have friends that are you know like urgent care primary care nurse practitioners and physician assistants and you know we told them the story and they're like oh like this is always going to be something i'm thinking about when good. uh people come in so hey the one thing i've been wondering i didn't ask you about is like there's no like after you got on insulin you couldn't see oh i didn't feel well i didn't realize it there's no change yeah i think maybe you know like i think about it and i probably don't drink as much water as i used to (laughs) (laughs) were you just like oh i'm hydrating like they talk about yeah you know i'm like oh i'm going skiing or you know i'm gonna go on this big hike like you know i gotta get water but now it's like i was thinking about it the other day and like i've only had like you know two hydro flasks today and it's five o'clock in the afternoon Hmm. whereas maybe i would have had five or six wow but no like increased mental clarity energy like nothing like that nothing no i was actually afraid to get my blood sugar and check and be tired you know it's like well i'm not running at 400 anymore so i'm probably going to be beat but (laughs) dave's like i'm (laughs) optimal around 400 with a 13 a1c yeah everyone's like no wonder you can't sit down your blood sugar is 480 (laughs) no that would be the opposite if your blood sugar was high and you were feeling it it would it would slap you and shut you off yeah my nurse in the emergency department he was a type one and he was like, you must feel awful. Like when we were walking back to the room and I was like, no, I, I feel good. And he's like, oh, he's like, I'm type one. And when I'm like above 220, like I just start feeling horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's coming, Dave. I'm sorry. Uh, I, and, yeah. if it, and if it doesn't call me back and be like, hey, I've had diabetes now because we might want to get you like in some research. Like you know, we might like have to let the government like take over your life and check your body <laughs> and stuff like that. You would give yourself up to research, right, Dave? Oh, for sure. Oh, thank you. Very nice. We'll take that as a legal yes later. (laughs) Well, that's really fascinating. Like, I thought for certain you were going to say no. You know, what ended up happening was I was just accustomed to how crappy I was feeling. And then when I went backwards with my blood sugar, I I realized what I was going through, but nothing. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I go through the question list, like where I was with my primary care. And he's like, none of this, none of this, none of this. I'm like, no, no, no. And then he, you know, stops and asks me all the same questions again. No, like, mm. I swear I'm fine. Then, then I, the only thing I can think to ask you is, how frequently do you go skiing? Uh, at least four days a week. That's maybe it's it. Maybe you just the activity was just, but your blood sugar was still high. I don't know. It really doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's and then you know, then you rope in the you know. Now we know I have diabetes and I'm taking insulin, and now I'm still doing all of these things. And it's like, how do these activities affect my blood sugar? And it's just, it's crazy. Like, hmm. you know, hiking is totally opposite of what my sugar does when I'm skiing. 
Dave, I don't want to go down a weird rabbit hole with you, but since you're in Salt Lake, if the miracle on ice happened there in the Olympics, and I think it didn't, then we're going to call this the miracle on snow. But <laughs> You know my cousin was in that movie? Wait, hold on a second. Keep your weird thoughts in check for a second. <laughs> wait, all right, so that, that happened in Lake Placid, New York. Damn it. All right. I might still call it the miracle on snow. Who knows? Uh, but your cousin was like an extra or like a character? He played uh, Jack O'Callaghan. He was a char- like one of the main characters. Okay. <laughs> I- I'm going to IMDb. Yeah, Michael Mancinuto. Yeah, by the way, your last name is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you should see how people spell it. <laughs> I don't even imagine that they get anywhere near it. <laughs> like you're saying, if I scroll, I see Steve Gutenberg. It's the right movie, right? All cast and crew. I'm scrolling. This dead air is great for the podcast. <laughs> right, why don't I just do a find? What is wrong with me? Hold on a second. I'm such an idiot. So is this the only movie he's ever been in? I think after that, he was in a few others, but nothing like big. Like that, I think that was the biggest role that he had. Was he trying to be an actor? So you ready for this? All right. He played college hockey, had to take an acting class for a, an art credit, and he really liked it. And his he graduated. His professor called him. And was like, hey, there's this hockey movie happening. Like, you should go try out for it. And he was like, oh, okay. Like, I'll go try out for this movie, whatever. And uh, he got the role. <laughs> That's insane. Except, yeah. except this. Wrong movie. He was in Miracle. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> I can't wait for him to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Miracle on Ice is what they called it. <laughs> well, it just says Miracle. The Miracle on Ice was the actual... Oh, was this the movie of the thing? Oh, okay. I'm going to let that go as a pass for you, Dave. Okay. Yeah, because the event was at, at Lake Placid was called Miracle on Ice. That's what they called it like in the news. But Miracle... Oh, wow, that's crazy. I see him. Yeah. Handsome fella. <laughs> I was that pretty. I'd be in a movie too, Michael. <laughs> and I guess he could skate because you guys are from Boston, right? So, yeah, he played hockey at the University of Maine. Oh, wow. Good for him. That's really cool. What's he do now? He was training dogs in special forces dogs in helicopter rescue mission. Wow. Dog. Yeah. He ended up being in three movies Miracle. I don't know what the other ones are. I, I do. Dirtbags and Surfer Dude. <laughs> Surfer Dude fits <laughs> the hair. <laughs> Does have nice long hair. Uh, okay. Well, that was an interesting sidebar. Uh, all right. Well, now we're just going to call this uh, Salt Lake Miracle or something like that. Who knows? <laughs> I, you know, it, it's. I should throw a bone to the the Utah fans once in a while. That would be nice. Do you know? Do you know how that ended up being? Like when you told me you were in Salt Lake, I have to do the math on my head because you're either part of the church or you just live in Utah. But I have a ton of Latter-day Saint fans. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not part of the church. No, I figured it out because you only have one baby and you're in your 30s. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'd have been a real slacker if you were. There's no you're way. You're not they, wrong. Yeah, they would have been like, uh, you got to go. <laughs> so, uh, you're how old? Yeah, yeah, you're really screwing up. Okay. Um <laughs> There's a bad joke in there I'm not going to make. But anyway, yeah, so uh, it turns out it's just they have a really tight-knit community. So when 
somebody in the church figured out the podcast was valuable. It just really got around. And um, yeah. I'm hoping one day for there to be a statue of me in Utah somewhere. <laughs> There's after, plenty of room. After I get a little thinner, then we can start commissioning that statue. <laughs> anyway, uh, anything we haven't talked about, like, uh, at all? Let me make sure I'm not missing anything. What I can think of. David, you're very chill. Thanks. Are you really from Boston? How long have you been out of Boston? Uh, a while. So I went Boston, North Carolina. I was in North Carolina for like eight years, and then we moved out here about like a little over two years ago. Hmm. Did, did that... the Boston still comes out when we're driving, though. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever said this to your wife? If I don't teach him this lesson, who is going to? <laughs> yeah, she's like, you know, when you go on this podcast, you can't swear. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you could have sworn. It would have been fine. <laughs> we got it. I was editing a show the other day from with a lady from Australia. Her episode is going to be called Stuart Pitt in case you're wondering. And uh, she cursed so much. It was lovely. I, then I started cursing. I was like, ah, oh, so relaxed. It's a sign of intelligence. I Well, I'm going to go with that for sure. Uh, but, yet, <laughs> no, but seriously, do you think moving down to North Carolina, did it chill you out? Is it your wife? Where'd you meet your wife? Uh, in North Carolina. She- I think, it, yeah, there, it's a different way of life down there. Yeah. You know, like, people are very friendly. You know, you can't, no one's like, you can't run around like a mass hole being abrasive to everyone. You know, mm-hmm. they drive slow, they walk slow, like just get used to it. The drive, <laughs> the driving makes me mental when I, Oh, you have you ever been to Utah is home to the worst drivers in the world. Oh no, I didn't realize that. Uh, it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, because my son got out of college and then I, I don't know if I've probably told this before, but in my life I'd been to Georgia one time. Cole had played baseball there when he was like 16 for some like scouting thing. And that's the only time I'd ever been there. And then suddenly about two years ago, Arden started talking about going to school in Georgia. And we were like, "Uh, okay, that seems so far away. Like, you know, like the whole time you're raising a kid with type one, you're like, well, maybe she'll just go to like the school across the street or, you know, (laughs) get offer some money to go to the community college in town. It's like, uh, at that time she said, I'm either going to go to Chicago, Manhattan or Georgia. And we were like, no, like, like, no, there's just no good answer in there. You know, like these things are far away. They're travel problems. Like even though New York's close, like getting into the city is not like, I don't know if anybody's ever done that. It's not that easy. Um, and so she ends up picking Georgia. And then my son graduates from college, like literally gets his first job in the world in Atlanta. And now suddenly I've been to Georgia like seven times. And I, I, and you people can't drive. Like, I don't know another way to put it. It's terrible. The worst is South Carolina. Oh my gosh. If I'm, if I'm putting them in order, (laughs) here's my message to the people of South Carolina. You can change lanes. (laughs) Okay. That's my message to them. Here's my message to the people who live right around Atlanta. You people are out of your fucking minds. Okay. (laughs) I saw the last time I visited my son in a three-day visit, I saw two hit-and-run accidents in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. One of them, an SUV, drove over the back of a small car <laughs> and kept going. And, and, and a mile up the road, I saw a police officer pulled over. So I did the obvious thing. I pulled over. We were stuck in, like, construction traffic. 
the story is not important, but we were in stop and go traffic and this person wanted to change lanes. And instead of changing a lane, literally caught the back of the car with the front of the tire and their car was lifted enough. It drove up over the trunk <laughs> and, and he saw us. I mean, God, I say he, God, but it had to have been a guy. Right. Um, and like it found a little slot in the, in the traffic and like shot up eight spots. And just drove away from it. And we were still in stop and go traffic. There's a car that he just ran over eight slots back. He just keeps going. So I pull over. I get the cop. I get. I have to admit, the internet has me. I got out of the car with my hands up. I was like, hi. <laughs> so he didn't care less about me. I'm like, um, I just witnessed a hit and run um, accident. And that's the car that hit. I'm like pointing. I'm like, we can still see it. It's that SUV right there. And he goes, yeah, man, that's not why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, have a good day. <laughs> and I'm like, what? He goes, I'm here for traffic control uh, for the construction. And I went, what? <laughs> I like, couldn't wrap my head around it. He goes, then he sees I'm actually concerned. He goes, yeah, I'm sure they have insurance. They'll take care of it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, sir, that SUV right there, you see it, right? And he goes, yeah, I'm like, that car just drove over the back of a vehicle and fled the scene. You can go get him. That was no, it. He didn't care. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what's going on in Atlanta. You people can't drive. That's it's just it's a mess, like a real mess. Um, the idea of filling the space in front of you is lost in the South to begin with. That I don't understand at all. Um, that, uh, but South Carolina might be the worst. Well, when you come out to Utah, we'll report back. See okay. if the rankings change. All right. I love the people. Everyone's lovely. You just you guys like you just gotta come to the Northeast for like six months and drive. Like yeah. I I can't tell you, like going around Washington, like on the beltway at night, it feels like you're in a NASCAR race. <laughs> it really does. And like you're like one. Oh my you're like, I can't take my eyes off the road, my hands off this wheel. We gotta lean into these turns, we gotta accelerate through these turns. People are going like it's just and those skills like I'm not saying you should drive like that. I'm saying those skills translate to other things. And I don't know. It, the same thing goes, by the way, like if you I, I went on a beach vacation once and we were at this kind of like all inclusive thing where they came around and asked you if you wanted something to drink. And I was like, oh, I would. I would like this. Thank you. And 20 minutes later, I said to my wife, where the fuck is my drink at? <laughs> and she's like, what? I'm like, it's been 15 minutes. And then 20 minutes goes by and it's a half an hour later and I'm out of my mind. <laughs> like, I'm like, like, what are these people doing? What is happening? She comes back so lovely. Hey, how are you? Here's your drink. And, and I like, Kelly's like, calm down. I'm like, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. I, we went to a restaurant in Georgia the other day. We're getting ready to pick Arden up from college. And, uh, like we got down there a couple days early and Kelly and I are just kind of chilling out. Like we don't relax enough. I, this story might, <laughs> might, might paint that picture, but we, we got there a couple days early to help her get packed up, move some stuff into storage. And we were just really going to try to relax. And we did. I only took like four or five business calls for the podcast while we were there <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and still oversaw the management of the Facebook page, but I was relaxing and, uh, we get up one day to go to lunch and we finished lunch and we go back to the hotel and I said to Kelly, it just took us two hours to eat lunch. And it wasn't because we were chilling out. It was because of how slow everything moves. <laughs> I swear to you, 
I don't understand. Like, like around here, you're eating at a, like, you're still eating. And the waitress is like, here's the check. No pressure, but you know, get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you're taking that space. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe I would love it, but it sounds like it wore off on you kind of nicely. Do you appreciate it now? Oh yeah, for sure. My life's a lot less stressful. <laughs> except I, for the diabetes. Except, for, except you got type one diabetes now. Should I yeah. try this? Do you think? Should you guys should go to the south and beat myself into submission? Yeah, go on like a sabbatical for a few years. Because you know you you show up there right, and everyone knows you're not from there. Oh, I would imagine. And, and then they're like really taken back, and they're like. I needs to chill the fuck out. <laughs> you mean like because we cross the street when the little hand says don't cross? And I'm like, there's nothing yeah. <laughs> coming. Why would I not go? <laughs> yeah, or like driving around like a maniac or walking like a maniac, talking like a maniac. <laughs> there's seven people at a corner. There's not a car in sight. The little thing says don't walk. And I'm looking at him like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> I cross the street. I'm like, this is ridiculous, you know, right? Like we're all just standing here for no reason whatsoever. And they don't seem like even aware of it. <laughs> They're like, oh, the hand says don't walk. I'll stand here until the hand tells me otherwise. And I'm like, I don't see a walking guy. I can't walk. Please. I stay right here. I'm like, here, I'll tell you a secret. When people stop for me when I'm crossing the street in the South, they do it because it's just what they do. And I wave to them because in my mind, I'm like, what a gracious thing this person has done for me. Like, <laughs> I'm like, thank you. And they look at you like, why are you waving to me? And I'm like, you stopped while I was in the road. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How lovely of you. Thank you. Like, what, a nice <laughs> what a wonderful person. Meanwhile, my wife's like, I, you know, it's cool if you keep waving at them, but I don't think they expect that. I was like, oh, 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 this is just what they do. And that's fascinating. Yeah. People would thank me at my at my job. They'd be like, thank you. And I'd be like, why are you thanking me? I'm, I'm doing my job. Like, that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's fascinating. Well, <laughs> here, here's the underbelly of this thinking. If I'm being honest with you, I think people in the Northeast keep the world moving. Like, like we work at a different pace than a lot of the rest of you. Like, I before we got on here, I was telling Dave a story about how I was working till like midnight last night on the podcast. And I had this, uh, a file had to go through a process before I could move on. So I had like this 20 minute wait. So I went and sat with my wife for like 20 minutes in bed. And then I fell asleep and my eyes opened at three 30 to the thought, Oh my God, I didn't put the episode up for today. I got out of bed, woke myself up, recorded five more minutes of audio stitched the episode together the rest of the way and put it online. And then I couldn't go back to sleep till like six in the morning. Cause I was like wide awake after that. I'm certain if I lived in South Carolina, I would have thought I'll put it up later. And oh yeah. 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 But not me. I would never do that. I'm like, no, like when we went away to see Arden for, you know, pick her up and bring her back and all that stuff. We actually stitched a couple of days on the beginning of the trip. We slid into Atlanta and saw my son for like, I don't know, 48 hours, went to a Braves game. Um, they were playing the Phillies. I wouldn't just go to a Braves game. And uh, although, let me say this, really, I can't believe I'm admitting this out loud. Really great experience seeing a game at Brave State at that Braves stadium. It was really, really great. Uh, anyway, saw my son, <clears throat> slipped over to Chicago, where my, my daughter's going to college, I think I'm supposed to say. Hung out there a little bit and uh, and came home. But in order to do that, I had to prep two weeks of the podcast and, and post it ahead of time. 
So for 10 days before we left on the trip, I did like three and a half weeks worth of work. And I never left this room like for, for a week and a half. And I never thought twice about that. Like it didn't even occur to me that that's not a thing you would do. Like, I'm sure most people would be like, just let the podcast be off a week. And I'm like, that's why you're losers. That's why I'm winning and you'll lose. Like, I, I, I got to move, man. And you're so chill now. I can't even tell you're from Massachusetts. Yeah, I don't even sound like it, right? No, you're so chill. Is, but it comes out in traffic as in form of yelling, or do you actually get oh. irritated? Oh, it's be- it, like all the things, you know, like if I had it, like, I'm like, open the sunroof and throw a handful of change out of it. Like that, <laughs> you see what that guy just did? <laughs> Dave, there's no way most people know what you're talking about, but I'm like, yeah, right. So a woman was tailgating me on the way down to Georgia. And so I washed my windshield so it would get on her windshield. <laughs> Murderous. <laughs> Would I shoot a rocket at her if I had one? I don't think so. I mean, but but any promises? We're going 85 miles an hour, and she's eight inches from me. And I'm like, oh, I'll back her up by getting her windshield wet. So I did it. She backed up because obviously she it it took her attention away for a second. And she's like, you know, instead of driving like Mario Kart, she was like, she was obviously from the Northeast, by the way. She had a different license plate, and uh, she backed off, cleared her windshield, and then immediately. Flew back up on my ass again. Yeah, and so <laughs> my wife goes, my wife's like, don't do it again. I'm like, oh, we're definitely doing it again. And so we <laughs> did it again. She backed up again. On the second time, she figured out what was happening. Oh, and it pissed her off. <laughs> and then oh, I'm sure. I was so delighted that she was angry. <laughs> yeah, that was the point, right? Oh, my God. You needed to get a reaction. I mean, I was beeping at someone the other day, not turning right. And I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And my wife's like, <laughs> There's people crossing the street in the crosswalk. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Well, I have diabetes. <laughs> like, like, these I'm going low. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to tell the story of the time that we got cut off in traffic going to the Jersey Shore. And I threw a water bottle out of a convertible and <laughs> squeezed it between a three-inch gap in someone's back window that was down. And then watched the water bottle bend in half, go through the gap explode water inside of the car and that I felt like I won the Olympics when I did that. (laughs) (laughs) That everyone in the car was like, oh my God, like we won something. And I won't also tell you that the person driving my car was a police officer. (laughs) (laughs) Then you get a free pass, right? You do it every (laughs) Don't come here if you don't live here. You're not going to make it. (laughs) The stories are true. (laughs) If you're in Idaho right now and you're like, I might move to New York. Mm, don't. Mm. <laughs> we're going to eat you. Anymore. We're going to eat you alive. <laughs> but if you can make it, then mad respect. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. Uh, my sister-in-law, first time she came in to visit us from Wisconsin, she'd really never been out of Wisconsin. Uh, I picked her up at Newark and we went out in the parking lot. I know she won't mind me telling her this, I think. And um, there's a hotel in the in the Newark airport parking lot. It's maybe 12 or 15 stories high. And she goes, that's the tallest building I've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, well, when we get out of this parking lot, your mind is going to catch on fire when you see the cityscape <laughs> of New York across the river. And uh, then we went out on the on the turnpike with, you know, multiple lanes of traffic. 
everyone going 90 miles an hour. And she was having a full-on panic attack in the car. (laughs) She goes, I've never seen this many cars together at once. (laughs) I was like, well, get ready. (laughs) Because they're all going to try to kill us in the next couple of minutes. (laughs) And we're going to try to kill them. And it's going to be fun. (laughs) This is called commuting. (laughs) Yeah. We're just trying to get from point A to point B. (laughs) I don't know, but there should be like major psychological research on this part of the country. But... Especially like, I mean, Massachusetts, right? It's so cold there. I don't even know how you exist. I'm not tough enough to live in Boston. Massachusetts is a cold, dark place. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't do it. Like, I mean, I live here and I'm still like, I don't know. I I saw this thing the other day. There's uh, this this hippie looking guy. Like he could have lived in Salt Lake with a long beard. And he's like doing his like TikTok video. And he's like, here's the things you're doing, man, that are like messing you up. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be doing all these. (laughs) And sure enough, he's like, you know, like, can't get upset when you're driving, man. You can't. And I'm like, oh, dude, I couldn't smoke enough weed to be as mellow as that guy is. Right. Everything he said you shouldn't do. I had a really good argument in my head for why I think it's a good thing. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, Dave. All right. uh, Do we know what the baby's going to be? Not that I'm asking you to say, but do we know? Yeah, it's a boy. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, hopefully he's uh, some sort of professional skier so I can retire early. (laughs) Well, well, if this kid that you're related to is any indication, are you built like the the kid that was in Miracle? Yeah, similarly. Yeah, big, strong boy. Yeah, I'd like to see your kid do a little D1 something. Yeah. Get get you a little money off on college, maybe. For, that's the goal, right? It's my only goal. Like, I, like, <laughs> my son's like, I'm going to play. As soon as the first time my son said, I'm going to play baseball in college, what I heard was, oh, I'm going to save money. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Meanwhile, doesn't work out that way, Dave. All the money that went into getting him to be a college baseball player uh, is right. the money we saved when he went to college. Yeah, if he, uh, if, he wa- if he has aspirations to play ice hockey, we're in big trouble. Such an expensive sport, right? The gear oh, and the, the rink time you have to part you have to pay for as well, right? Yeah, I grew up playing hockey, and I took I took a lot of convincing for my parents to finally let me do it, and now I absolutely understand why. <laughs> yeah, no, and the parents are freezing because they stand outside and it's freezing cold the whole time. Like I've been to um, uh, my son was working out at Penn once. Yeah, there was also a hockey game going on at the same time, but it was summertime, and it, uh, the bathroom was in the rink. The bathroom closest to the field we were at was in the rink. And so I walked in there. And as soon as you open the door, you're like, oh, my God, it's freezing cold in there, which is lovely if you're outside. But I looked at the parents. It's a summer month. They're dressed like it's wintertime. <laughs> yeah. What Wearing are these people doing? Boots and jackets and like, like, like long johns and watching their kids play ice hockey. And I was like, yeah, oh. I went to uh, I went to boarding school in New York primarily to play hockey. And we used to have morning practices. The rink was so cold that the water would freeze on your Jersey. If it spilled out of the water bottle. Mm. Yeah. I could do that. Frozen Jersey. Yeah. The heat's tough. Um, That time I mentioned where uh, my son went to Atlanta to do that workout. Is that where he actually, and by the way, not where he met the coaches that wanted him to play in college. So he met two of them, but it didn't work out. Um, But there was a day they played two. And after the sec at the second game, I was, I'm not joking, standing up next to a telephone pole and I was rotating around the telephone pole 
to keep the sun from hitting me. That's how terrible it was and humid on top of all that. And um, I'm just standing there like having a real like p- parenting moment where I'm like, I think I should go get him. Like, I don't think, <laughs> like, I don't think this is okay. You know, like that's how hot it was. And the game ended and I'm like, are you all right? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. But he wasn't, he was like staring through me. And we went, we had like a rental car with like a, a styrofoam, like, you know, disposable styrofoam cooler in it. And all the, uh, the ice had melted from the day. And we go to the back of the car. My son's kind of, um, back then at least he was, he was a little like demure. Like he wasn't a kid who would just whip off his shirt in front of people and stuff like that, which was always weirded me out. Cause he's in such good shape. I was like, if I was in that shape, I wouldn't even be wearing a shirt, but like, okay. And so, um, he is standing in the parking lot. He looks at me, he looks at the cooler and he goes, can I have that? And I'm like, yeah, sure. He takes his pants off, kicks them aside, takes his shirt off. He's standing there in sliding shorts and underwear. He grabs the cooler and picks it up over his head and dumps the freezing cold water over his head. (laughs) And as it's splashing on my legs, the water's hitting me and it's hot. Ugh. And no. I'm, and I'm like, are, are you okay? And he goes, I, I don't know. I, I'll be okay. I think so. And I was he's like, he was like, really like that. So I'm throwing liquid at him, bananas. I'm like, here, eat this, drink this. Like he got back to the hotel, that air conditioning hit him in the hotel. He fell asleep for hours and it it's was vicious. Touch of the heat stroke. Oh my God. Vicious, man. And, <laughs> uh, and he gets up the next day and we went right back to a baseball game. I was like, <laughs> But you love this. I don't love anything that much. I'd be like, I'm sorry. It's hot out here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll come back when it's cool. (laughs) Yeah. Would you like to do this in the fall? Because it (laughs) would be fine. And then the, that week ends with the recruiter from North Carolina telling him he wasn't tall enough. Great. And it was heart, uh, really heartbreaking. He had played so well that weekend and he was still young and he just grew, my son, uh, for anybody who cares, he grew a little too late. He kept growing into college. So now he's six feet tall and, you know, was playing at 200 pounds. And, you know, very frequently opposing coaches would come up to him after games and say, why are you playing here? <laughs> like like th- that would happen to him a lot. And he'd go, uh, I grew in my freshman year. And they'd be like, right. oh, okay. And, and he was get he was getting a great degree and he, we just didn't like, people were like transfer. And I'm like, he can't just go get this degree somewhere else. Like he was a little stuck at that point. Yeah. But anyway, that would happen a lot. Like he went out to a uh, driveline to train during COVID in uh, Seattle and he's hitting in a cage one day. And one of the instructors comes up to him to tell him, you know, he's like, Oh, I love your swing. And they're talking about everything. And then my son went over and pitched and threw like a 92 mile an hour fastball. And the guy grabs him and goes, what college do you go to? And he told him, and he goes, why? (laughs) (laughs) What happened? (laughs) And my son goes, I grew late. And uh, the guy goes, oh, tough luck. You know, it really, (laughs) really is like that easy. Anyway, I bring that up because he's playing his ass off one day. And in Georgia, this this recruiter comes over to me and he goes, that's your son in center field? And I said, yes. He goes, we're interested. And I was like, God damn. I looked at his shirt and it said Tar Heels. And I was like. Honestly, Dave, I was like, we won. It's over. Like, like you know, like, like, this is it. He's, you know, starts off asking about his grades. His grades all line up. He's watching him play out in center field. He's like, kid's amazing. He's like, what a fielder. Blah, blah, blah. Such an arm. Like, in that game, Cole had, uh, 
Cole hit what was going to be a ball off the wall in right center, or excuse me, he played a ball off the wall that was going to be a ball off the wall in, in right center field, and he was in center. And instead of it being a ball off the wall, he caught the ball, like going into the <laughs> fence. And um, the uh, the runner at second was held by the base coach at third. So he was tagging, right? And so on a professional baseball field, my 16-year-old son caught a ball in the warning track in right center field and threw out the runner trying to tag go to third in the air. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like the ball was waiting when he got there. Like, like the kid looked up like, what the? Yeah. I'm out? <laughs> like, it was like that, right? Because it, well, he couldn't even slide. The third baseman was holding the ball out in front of him as the kid <laughs> approached. And the kid's like, I don't understand. And then he just gave himself up and it was over. Like, that's how, how the ball got there. And so the, the North Carolina guy sees this and he's like, man, crazy arm, blah, blah, blah. Then later my son comes in and pitches like a clean inning. And he's like, we're, we're really interested. He's like, I want to talk to him after the game. And I'm just like texting my wife. I'm like, get ready for the baby blues, baby. Like, like you know. <laughs> and uh, game ends and I go get Cole. And I was like, hey, there's a guy here who wants to talk to you. He's like a coach. I'm like, yeah, he's all excited. And we walk over to him and we walk up and the guy looks at him and goes, how tall are you? And Cole goes, I'm like 5'10", but I'm still growing. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. We're not interested. Oh, my gosh. It was that quick. That's and, actually where my wife went to grad school. Yeah. Well, tell him next time she's there, take a piss on the ball field for me. Uh, and, yeah, uh, we, we're Duke fans, so. <laughs> well, I am now, too. <laughs> but no. <laughs> um, and so my son's like, you can imagine, he's crestfallen, right? Like, he's like looking like what's happening. And the guy just sort of starts to walk away. And I I put my hand on his shoulder and I was like, wait, 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 stop. I'm like, I don't understand what just happened. And he goes, my coach isn't going to put him out there at that height. And I was like, he's growing. I'm like, I'm like, I know I'm five, nine. I'm like, but every man on my wife's side of the family is like six, five. I'm like, he's going to be over six feet tall. And I'm like, you can just tell, like, I mean, we've had his growth plates looked at, like he's nowhere near done. And the guy goes, man, you're a really great ball player. He goes, like, but my guy won't put you out there. He's like, you're, he's like, even if I got you through, you'd never play. And that's wild. And I was like, what do we do? And the guy said, um, he goes, look, find a bunch of colleges you want to play baseball at that fit your academic needs, and then look at the rosters and see if they let guys your height play. And he's like, and then target those schools. So we did that, and Cole had 20 offers to play college baseball. And That's awesome. Yeah, but except that a year after he committed, he grew two inches. Yeah, right. <laughs> Told you. Yeah, and then it was just, like, too late by then. So my 93-mile-an-hour throwing son is at a, a D3 school, and they don't even, like – I mean, I, I don't want to talk about this, but it's not like baseball was – a wasn't f first and foremost you know what i mean so right. you end up playing behind guys whose dads donated to the building of something and mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't as much about baseball so uh ended up being a fairly disappointing experience for him which is um sucks but is, is the truth so anyway now we talked forever dave and i'm getting text from arden that just says i'm hungry <laughs> I responded back to her when you were in college, you fed yourself. And she's like, uh, but I'm home now. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, I, 
sometimes it when it's dinner time, I'm like, you know, I don't feel like doing math right now. Can you just make a bowl and guess how many units I need? Please? <laughs> Thank you. My God, your <laughs> wife's an angel. Yeah, we'll do five and we'll go from there. You know, if she was from Boston and you were from North Carolina and you said that, she'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just look at your cross and that'd be the end of it. Do it um, yourself. Yeah. Dave, I appreciate you doing this with me. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. It was a good time. Yeah. Hold on a second for me. I want to thank Dave for coming on the show today and sharing his story. And I'd like you to remember that having an easy to use and accurate blood glucose meter is just one click away. Contournext.com slash juice box. That's right. Today's episode is sponsored by the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. If you're not already subscribed or following in your favorite audio app, please take the time now to do that. It really helps the show. And get those automatic downloads set up so you never miss an episode. If you're looking for community around type 1 diabetes, check out the Juicebox Podcast private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. But everybody is welcome. Type 1, type 2, gestational, loved ones, it doesn't matter to me. If you're impacted by diabetes and you're looking for support, comfort, or community, check out Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. The episode you just heard was professionally edited by Wrong Way Recording. WrongWayRecording.com.